Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 420. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra. Folks, chill out. We're not getting lit. It's not legal in Minnesota yet, so uh, but uh, I am joined by Charlie Carton, my host from Michigan, where everything's legal, including um, cotton candy laced with rat poison. Oh, my God. It's the tastiest. You know, ironically, yes, uh, here marijuana is legal here in Michigan. I I don't care for it myself. Don't have any objections to people who use it. Um, Not crazy about them using it in my presence because I have a powerfully strong sense of smell and it stinks. Do not care for it. So uh, go out there, use it. But if you're coming over to my house or in my presence, uh, I don't know how what do you maybe spray yourself with a little glade. You think that would clean it up? Just put some patchouli on just like in, you know, oh, in, yeah, in, that, in right it's like in college. You're good yeah, to go. Exactly, Nobody will yeah. know. Nobody will know. It'll, oh, well. be, it'll, it'll, it'll smell that much better. There's no doubt about it. Exactly. Yep. We're recording early on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, just let you know, folks know I will be out in Europe. So there'll be a gap in shows. Um, so there'll be a gap in shows for maybe a week or two, but we'll be back after that. Uh, but with that, we've got a very exciting show, uh, but you know, what makes our show even better when we talk about our patrons, uh, we've been at the patron game for two months essentially now, which is great. Um, it's been fun. It's growing. growing. We've got yeah, new members. Um, and we just want to say, if anyone is interested in our Patreon, uh, we have stuff now um, that are, is going to start coming out to non-patrons that they can see what we're doing. Typically, yep, about yep. once a month, we'll drop something there. Um, and our first show that's going to do that is uh, Friend Force 99, which is the Bad Bat show. Yes. Yeah. Mark is uh, going to drop that here. Could even be by the time uh, you're listening to this, because we recorded that. It was about episodes 12 and 13, I think. And we're due to knock out another one uh, that will come out on the Patreon, just because with so much Star Wars going on, if we tried to cram Bad Batch and Mando kind of all into one show, we would go over uh, the limit that we yeah. have time to record. So, uh, so yeah, so we're spicing it up, but then we're turning around and releasing it on the normal flow as well. So ke- uh, stay tuned to your uh, network flows. But, yeah, other than that, we would love to have you join us over on the Patreon. We want to give our, as always, love to uh, our friend at the Best Bud level. That would be Jamie Prinky, lovely lady. And our BFFs are the wonderful Nias family, Sean, Stella, and Henry. My dear friend, Missy Merchant, frequent contributor to the network. And our new friend, Andy Milliken, who I found out is not the person I thought I met on the cruise. It was somebody who was on the cruise who also knows Missy because I then saw a picture of the two of them oh. at an event in Pennsylvania last weekend. And I was like, oh, that was absolutely not who I thought it was. And it was not somebody that I knew. So Missy does a lot of promotion for this network and she records with us. So we are we're super grateful for Missy as we are for all of our Patreons. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been fun seeing we get people. And by the way, Andy, if you're listening, you are now on the patron wall uh, on our uh, website. We have it for all our patron producer level. So we got there. Mm-hmm. there. I've got a picture of you that I picked from random. So if you have a identity you liked, I, I assume Star Trek. So you're a Star Trek person and you're yeah. there. So uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, that we can honor you. And uh, yeah, uh, more to come. Uh, but one thing I don't think um, now, did we give Andy her superpower last yeah. week? Charlie? Yeah, we, we did that, but it was okay. 
<clears throat> it was around assuming that she was the person that's I she right. was in Canada. So you know what? Uh, have fun with it because we had fun. We had fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Enjoy Andy, your superpowers. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're from C- Canada, uh, you know, uh, you get like a plus one. That's just like your, your abilities plus one, like, like the Omega mutants that are the most powerful right. mutants. You get a plus one just being from Canada. Plus one Canada. Very good. Oh, one thing that, uh, golly, you know, I, I have to admit, I have, um, turned over, uh, finding these covers and publishing to you entirely because I don't know that I could do as good. Mine are super generic compared to this, but we have issue, uh, uh, 20? Number 20 of, uh, a, a comp- now I'm assuming this was actually the teen Titans title and they just took on a fake name. Nope. nope. This was a, this was a, this was a title that had more, that had 20 issues is what you're saying and, and potentially went on for a little bit longer. So anyway, this is DC Comics from November of 1983. Can't even believe I'm talking about this. Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew, even above that title on this cover, which you can see if you're watching us on YouTube. All right, already, we admit it. We sold out. Meet a teen titan in this very issue. Is is this the first appearance of Beast Boy? Is no, it's good? not. No, I, okay. and I can even give you a little background on this. So, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm so, down. so yes, this is uh, Kevin Karina's Amazing Zoo Crew. Uh, they actually, uh, you know, uh, this was an era that was very, DC was doing some weird things. And you can even tell by this no cover, doubt. they said, they said the very bottom cover, they got like the little placard that says the new DC, there's no stopping us now. Uh, Captain Carrot was kind of the era of like the Muppet Babies. Uh, P- Peter Porker was right around this time too. We're yeah, playing around yeah. with some goofy elements of like, uh, 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 you know, what do they call it? Um, where you take a, 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 uh, animal and give it human characteristics Anthro- anthropomorphize. anthropomorphize exactly there and so there then go. we got this team of uh for captain carrot so captain carrot was actually introduced in teen titans so this was um back in the early 80s uh 1982 Created by Roy Thomas, Charlie. Roy Thomas is a famous oh, okay. dude. He's done okay. so many books. Avengers writer, all these things back in the day. Captain America writer, too, I believe. Um, but he worked at DC and Marvel. Um, and then, um, yeah, New Teen Titans number 16 is where they made, they made their first appearance. They are part of the, I know, the, the many Earths uh, that you would see. Part of Earth 26 is what this team is. 26? And it was an Got Earth it. where it was populated with cartoon animals of course um and uh in this issue if you want to know who the crew uh are so we've got captain carrot ali catabra so ali cat and cadabra uh fast back which I'm trying to think what fast back would be um i razor, guess ra- a duck ra- maybe razorback is what uh, uh, like a like a like i don't know well and then we've got pig iron which is a weird one because i guess it's uh, pig iron is it's something where you make uh, like a uh, uh, blacksmith would use pig iron to do some uh, some welding. Uh, okay. Rubber duck and Yankee poodle. Rubber duck. Uh, I don't know if that. I mean, maybe he stretches. I assume. I'm not sure what all of their. Um, I mean, I I get the Yankee poodle, Yankee doodle dandy kind of thing, and then probably you know like Captain Carter, Captain America, just like uh, an athlete of some kind. Maybe doesn't really have powers, but um, is this is Earth 26 the home of Gorilla Grodd, and that's why he's the villain in this cover? 
No, uh, just a crossover. So they must have been at this point. Uh, maybe he I don't know why he showed up, to be honest, um, and why Beast Boy showed up. But Beast Boy was known as Changeling back then. So it's kind of a little right, weird. Okay. Yeah, a little different. This was a uh, multiverse, multiversal crossover. Um, and unfortunately, this was the final issue of the series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. My God, it's just ah, I. This is a series that wouldn't make it five issues today, or 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 alternately, it would take off. I just exactly I like yeah. Spider Gwen or what is it, Jeff the 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 dog shark on Marvels, like this cute little thing, and now it's well, gotten really the, popular. Uh, devil dinosaur and Moon Girl, or Moon Girl and Devil yeah. Dinosaur, or whatever. Yeah, so. Uh, this would be a, a definite example of kind of throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing what sticks, which is a, a, a prevalent attitude in Hollywood these days. And this probably uh, sold more, more, more than most comics do today because comics right. were big back then. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is so much more competitive today. So anyway, speaking of competitive, uh, there's one person in our employee who has no competition because she has no equal talking about our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb. Uh, 123 years young in 2023. She's down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. Got all the latest scoops without the shot of poop. Uh, let's go down there and figure out what's going on. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, we were talking about 420, uh, and Madam Webb, that makes me think of your debut role, where you played the listless girl who got in too much trouble in that all-time classic, Reefer Madness. Yeah, oh. I, I don't know if that got you to teach you a lesson about, you know, the horrors of drugs, but uh, you wouldn't be here today without that little film. My mother had a VHS copy of that movie, uh, which I never I've never seen. Um, and I don't know what I don't know. I, I mean, you know, my mom was, you know, uh, in her 20s, in the 70s. Everybody's smoking weed. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. When I get to their age, when I get to be in my 70s, that's probably when we'll all just be like, oh, it's up my hips. That's, that's when, when we I'm all start our illicit drug behaviors, getting to crack, smack, heroin, all well, those things. You know, I why mean, not? Because you know what? You need a retirement plan, and apparently it's yeah. going to be jail for people these days. <laughs> oh, you're right. Hey, you know what? It pays the bills, doesn't it? Because you're, you're looking, yeah. three squares in a, in a cot. Yeah. Three hats in a cot. You got yeah. it. All right. Uh, boy, this is really taking a turn. Okay, up yes. first. <laughs> up first, we have uh, two of my favorite comedic types, the magnificent Pat Oswald and uh, Kamel Nanjiani, uh, among newest additions to the cast of Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. I really enjoyed that film. Came out in 2021. Was it a summer movie in 2021? No, it was a it was a November like Thanksgiving era because I remember uh, seeing it with my sister and her oh, family okay. when I visited Michigan uh, for nice. yeah Thanksgiving two years nice, ago. Nice. Yeah, I love that. You know, they did uh, really what. Uh, none of the other Ghostbusters films did successfully was be good <laughs> and recapture some and and, and kind of recapture some. Yeah, the, the post uh, the post original. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag. Right. And so yeah, that was uh, and that was a fun story. It had to do with uh, the uh, estranged daughter of the late Egon Spangler uh, moving into after he passes away. Uh, his estranged daughter, along with her two kids, moving to his uh, his house out in the middle of nowhere. And it, that film had great ties back to the you know the original plot line with the Evor Shandor and the evil guy who you know had the the skyscraper in New York that was. A, gateway to hell and all this different stuff and so you got kid ghostbusters and then all the originals showed up uh as opposed to the 2016 reboot which just w went over like a fart in church my son really loved that movie but he was also eight years old so 
Well, for a lot of kids, I mean, watching probably the original Ghostbusters, it's not exactly that great. But for them, this is their right. Ghostbusters. So I can totally. see them being more excited about that, where it was like modern special effects. You know, right. Chris Hemsworth doing a dance. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But uh, for the uh, your, your core group of folks of our age, it was a, practically a nerd revolt. People hating on it that much. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so Nanjiani, of course, we've seen him recently in the uh, the Eternals for Marvel. He was in uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, as a as a, basically a, a con artist. Um, and then, you know, what what can be said about Patton Oswald? He's my spirit animal. He's my guy. Love just about everything he does. He's been in and out of Marvel. He's not really done anything with star wars he's in star trek uh in, in a couple of different capacities but it was it was something that had to do with um with one of the animated properties it was, it was either lower decks or prodigy I, I think it was lower decks but he's not had a live action role in either star wars or star trek so i, I feel like it's only a matter of time only a matter of time yeah uh, this could be good Hopefully it is. Uh, this one's the Good. sequel. Apparently, will go to New York because we've got that with Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Essentially, you know, he's right. kind of got connections now in the city. Uh, right. I, the you know, he's saving, saving the the firehouse. Um, right. This could go many different ways. Do they bring back all the people that showed up at the last movie at the end? Do they do mm -hmm. that? And they basically then uh, basically become the leaders of the new Ghostbuster? Or do they just say, no, we're not actually going to be in this film. Or maybe we have some very small cameras, but it's going to be about uh, recruiting the next generation, which I thought they would always do that or make a franchise sure. of the Ghostbusters, make it international. Um, right. But we do have a different director for this film. It's not going to be um, uh, Jason Reitman. Uh, he's just going to be writing and producing it. But we've got Gil Keenan directing um, and Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon will return from the previous movie. So we don't know anything Excellent. about the kids, which is fine. Right. They need to go to school. They need to go to college. Yeah. Um, that was right. fine for that. And then um, after that, uh, you know, where they go with it and other people that are going to be in this, we don't know yet. Uh, but hopefully, yeah, this is good. I mean, um, it, it's hard to keep franchises solid when you've had so many limited options. You know, versions of success, essentially the first movie and then this movie, the rest of all kind of been uh, a mishmash. So we'll see right. if this happens. They could pull in from like there's been comics and cartoons. They could pull in from some of those as just like fan service if they right. really wanted to as well. I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts I listened to and the, the do go on people, the a guy who does a podcast, one of their guys does something called primates. And so uh, which is a just about it's silly and it's just about like you know stuff that monkeys have been in related to media or whatever and so he pulled back from the original ghostbusters cartoon series from oh, the yes. 70s, which had to do with tracy it was, yes it was ape based or ape ape adjacent whatever it is oh my goodness oh people do love apes well people don't love or ironically love the subject of this next story now now let me ask you something when the, the tommy wiseau is who we're talking about now we mm -hmm. saw a dra dramatization uh of his life and his career back in what was that like five was that was that three or four years ago with yeah with it was it was called the uh the disaster yeah the disaster. yeah exactly um because he was he's you know kind of a rich weirdo or maybe he is maybe he isn't um who made this really bizarre independent film called the room and it was i was a number of years back wasn't it yeah disaster artist came out in 2017 uh oh, and then uh, the room came out i'm gonna say it's early oh, it's 2000s yeah 2003 yeah yeah and he's done nothing since and now he is making a 
I'm assuming low budget disaster film called Big Shark. Now we watched a trailer. It was funny. We were laughing about this in the pre-roll. We watched a trailer. It was a two minute clip that was a one minute uh, wind trailer. up to this film. Yeah. yeah. That showed two guys boxing, uh, intercut with uh, basically uh, pull arounds and distant shots around what I'm going to assume is probably New Orleans because they make mention of the bayou or so somewhere somewhere in that general vicinity. And then these guys continue to box, and then all of a sudden a really poorly animated CGI shark falls on one of them and eats him. And then they're running, and there's a flood of water, and this big shark comes out. Now, that's not even really the shocking part of this trailer. And, Todd, you hadn't watched it anymore in this one minute because the second minute is those same two guys standing around with no shirts on in black and white wearing his branded underpants and talking about how what a great guy he is this this clip you got to put this clip in the you got to put this clip in the show notes i assume because i think it has to be seen to be believed or disbelieved because oh my goodness well, yeah. I, I was just like looking at the trailer. I was just taking, you know, I, I just have it on the background and see them. Yeah. yeah during this, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the actual thing. But this part about Tommy Uso's, uh, you know, he is a con man. We know we talked about he yeah. could be tr- Colonel, the modern Colonel Park, Tom right. Parker, a right. weird accent. Don't know where he's from. He says he's like from Baltimore or whatever. And we know that's not an right, accent. Sure. So and he funds this thing. We don't know how he gets his money. We don't know. He's a, he's a very strange man. But when they show him, you know, they've got. You know, when he's pitching his underwear, he shows up and now he's got like really long hair, sunglasses. It's very weird. Look, looks like one of those old guys that tries to be cool and hip, you know, like Frost's tips. The old guy, the old guy in the club, like Chris. And he's wearing like a Letterman jacket, which is like. Hey, fellow kids. Yeah, <laughs> hey, fe- yeah. hey, fellow kids. <laughs> it's exactly that. But yeah, so he's an odd guy. So it just makes sense that half of he introduces this big movie. He's the first thing he's done since the room 20 years later. And half of it is a pitch for his underwear. Oh, my God. God, I mean, I wonder if there's like a maybe we can sponsor that on the podcast, Charlie. Manscaped didn't work out. But, you know, Tommy was so underwear uh, ad deal. I guess. I mean, as long as we obviously all end up with some samples so we can walk around and talk about how great it is. Yeah. I'll put it right next to the Manscape under underpants in my underwear drawer. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, I'm gonna give you the tagline for this movie. It says three Please. firefighters, George, Patrick, and Tim must save New Orleans from a gigantic shark. Can New Orleans survive? That is it. Um and essentially it is as you would imagine, the budget is a budget that you would see like for a movie that you don't know how it got made. The shark was probably made out of foam rubber, but with like CGI, like background effects. I think, and, fo- I think foam rubber would have helped the shark a lot, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Cause if, if you look at this, this screen cap at the top of this article, the, um, the two guys are they're They're fuzzy. The lighting is bad. They're fuzzy. And you look at the shark the one guy looks like he's holding his hand up to stop it, but the the jawline of the shark looks like it continues to go up, and he's just it's dropped on this background. I just, I just don't even know how it was created, what it's supposed to look like. It's just. We got to see it. We got to see yeah, it. Because, I think yeah. this is, you know, we're talking about like all the AI and the chat GPT. I think this is going to be the first AI created movie where he just says, hey, AI, man, make me shark movie with boxers. And that's what you get. 
it, it's you said boxers, but I thought it, and so will the boxers then just be under just be underpants? Well, or no, there's actual, actual boxers? boxers like professional oh. boxers. Well, okay, people no, boxing, thought, which then led to make, boxer shorts. Yes, make it with underpants running around. I think that that, that yeah, that could, that could be a, a bird of a different feather, a shark of a different fin. Well, you, you know will. the good thing is you'll all be able to watch this movie. Well, you won't all because it opens on April second at one movie theater. And then it's going to go around and do like a theater like Kevin Smith does with his movies. He goes like to different theaters, shows it. And then it looks like it'll finally uh, be out in theaters probably later this year after it does its film tour. Oh, my God. Unbelievable that this is a thing. Somebody gave this guy money or he has some funding source that. We're never going to know what it is, but you know what? It's art, man. It just, it happens. It's all that TikTok money. He's actually behind TikTok. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, he's going to get shut down with the, whatever's going on with that. Now they're trying, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to shut that down in Congress or whatever. Make TikTok. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Watching those Congress, watching Congress members talk about technology yeah. is like the best thing in the world because they don't know how it works. Right. They and it, are and it's goofy. Scary. Yeah. It's a series scary. of pipes. Yes, yeah, so it's, oh, it's yeah. all serious pipes. The, yes. the internet is a the internet is a box, like on the IT crowd. <laughs> oh God! Yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh, oh wow. my goodness! All right, what else we got here? Okay, so the next thing uh, we're going to talk about is Zack Snyder has essentially walked away from DC. Now it's official, folks. Stop trying to make yes, it happen. He, it is official. Yes, he walked away. He didn't get. He didn't get the boot. He. I did, well, I mean, he, no, he had to step away because of family issues, and then he got a chance oh, to re, redo thought, his own movie, I thought, uh, Justice yeah. League. Yeah, I thought you were inferring that we're like Zach. You got to stay, man. I don't think anybody no, was that, trying oh, to keep him around. Oh, Charlie, yeah. do not go into hashtag Snyder Cut people. They are like a cult, and they will come after you. It's just scary. Oh so stay away from that nonsense. Well, um, hashtag, hashtag don't hurt me, Snyder Cult. Oh yeah, they're, they're crazy. Um, and if you're listening to this, I mean that it, like crazy, like crazy lovable. So don't. Don't, don't kill like, us. Give, yes. give him a hug. Yeah. So he has moved on to Netflix. He's already made, was it the Army of the Dead? He made oh, that, yeah. that one spinoff with the one guy who was the sailor. The, the, sorry. the uh, the the He was the safe cracker. They made a spinoff of that. Uh, then... Yeah, it was called like the King of the King of Thieves or, or the Jack of All Thieves or something like that. It was a spinoff, that one character. He was like the German kid who could crack the safes. Okay. He was a character within it. They made a spinoff on Netflix, and that's out. Um, okay. If you're curious, you probably, you can watch that later, Charlie. Uh, right. But Very he good. is making another project in Netflix, and it is um, called Rebel Moon. And this is based on his apparent pitch to Star Wars, Lucasfilm. Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah, make yeah, it, yeah. yeah, so now it's officially happening, and it's going to be so big now, it's actually two parts. So we know Snyder likes big movies, and they take like right. five hours, and then they get cut down. So – and this is this is kind of funny because now Snyder has complete creative control. He doesn't have to listen to anybody. Execs are not like going down throat like oh, you have to do this. He's so, he's he's drunk with George Lukey in power, except yeah. for he doesn't have George Lucasy in money, does he? So well, he's doing where, he's doing well. He's doing well. Yeah, I mean, where's the money come from? You know, it just Netflix. I know. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Where's their money come from? I never can really subscriptions that they keep charging you more every year. (laughs) Oh, that's how they're doing it. I just, you know, I will always in some way struggle with the whole like and we're making new content and it's we're we're making, you know, essentially a uh, a big budget science fiction film with the effects and this and that. And it's just like with all the people that, you know, that scam um, Netflix passwords, you know, how much money they're not making, Um, which, of course, they're finally turning all that around. Um, but I just, 
I don't know. I, they have investors, they have advertisers, but it's just, I, I'm just always kind of boggled by the process um, of how they really figure out if something is a huge success or not. It's just, it's streaming numbers. It's, it's, it's views. But it's, yeah. But it's, it's views. But then it's like, you know, that obviously goes into their overall marketing pitch. They can say, well, Zack Snyder made this movie for us and it had X number of views yeah. and our such and such sailed up and blah, blah, blah. And give us money. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's really like they'll say, oh, if you turn, if you subscribe to Netflix, oh, this is coming out now. You like that. Come back and come watch back, again. Back, so, exactly. yeah, it's hard to keep keeping subscribers is the hardest part. Um, And that's that's the biggest thing, because you get to a point where your growth stops like Disney Plus is going to probably hit that soon where the growth is essentially just flatlined because everybody wants Disney Plus has already watched it or or watched what they wanted to and already subscribed. So this is what they do. yeah. That's that's very true. When we play, you know, mo- you know, streaming service roulette. I, my wife loves dumb Netflix movies, so it's like when we flew out to California, she had downloaded some movies, and I was looking over her shoulder. I'm like, oh, I'll watch this with you. There's this dumb movie about uh, this rich New York family, and the dad dies, and he had a secret because he had a guy kept in a bunker, and it was the guy who was uh, it was William Cat played the guy, the greatest American hero. You got to go look this one up. It's it's so bad, but any but <laughs> but, but but anyways, yes. So it's, it's it's all about the subscriber games, and we know Netflix has played around with putting movies in the theater. Uh, they've won some Oscars now, so I think this is more right. of their. I think they're going to change their model eventually to have things theatrical, yeah. and then they come to the service. I don't think it would hurt That's anybody's. Good. It would hurt anyone to say, "Oh, wait, it's not on the service right away." Right. It's probably going to be a month and then it comes on. So I, I know that's what theater owners want. They want more content because there's still a drought of movies. It's better been better lately, but there's still not as many right. movies as they'd love. So right. um, that this movie, Rebel Moon, originally was going to be one movie. It was so big, it had to be cut in two. Um, and now, uh, essentially, they're going to be making an R-rated cut um to this movie um okay. and it's it's an r-rated version of each of its two parts so i don't know if that means it was like x-rated first and now they're making r-rated or it was pg-13 and they're going to add more blood and cursing and nudity to make oh, it an r-rated i um, mean yeah just pump it in i just yeah r-rated sci-fi just kind of it, it just generally kind of takes a tilt towards sci-fi horror which you know you like you know, like Aliens was great, but it also really wasn't very graphic. But I think in a lot of ways it was the language and the different stuff, kind of some scary images. But just out and out like grindhouse graphic violent sci-fi, just it, not a huge bag for me. Well, I mean, I, I can't remember what Dune was, but I mean, you, you can do mature, mature language. Right. It doesn't have to be like gross out. It can just be more mature things that, you know, sci-fi potentially should be a little bit i mean you can do that right. you can have more mature without being like torture porn I, or like I, that. I love it when you say gross out i'm like oh like sci-fi like american pie <laughs> it's like a yeah, gross exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah i mean of course you're gonna have like those things but i mean i i think our rated sci-fi can be great um if it's done right versus we had to mm-hmm. take away our ambition because we wanted to hit a certain rating so it all depends on what you're trying to go for if it is trying to like it's the unrated cut you know as they sometimes say is it just for titillation it, it, what's what's the artistic merit and does it make it better um and, and that's what we want and and just for anyone who wants to know what this movie is going to be about it says uh this is kind of like your synopsis when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical regent belisarius they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past <gasps> named cora to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand it's pretty much boilerplate um 
rebels uh, standing up. It is essentially not new from Star Wars. Star Wars and borrowed they, it from Kurosawa. It is. They have to. Yes. Uh, they have to. They have to fight Donald Belisario. Oh man. Yes. Yes. Yep. Who Belisarius, all the, yep. All the powers of NCIS to fight. Exactly. So it's 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 nothing. You know, like probably just this. Like I always said, the synopsis is never like the thing that says, "Oh, that's unique." There's very few of those. It's how you right. do it and how the cast performs. This this you know the, the script and everything in the direction. Um, if you like Snyder, you're going to get more of that type of filmmaking. So I wouldn't expect him to be like now he's doing his like uh, think piece. I think he knows what he does well. And a lot of people like it. Lots of slow mo. Lots of right. like like uber important, uh, uber serious. Uh, sometimes black and white. Sometimes weird. You know, box <laughs> boxing like four by three. Or we're going to do it really tall and skinny. Um, sometimes you get that too. But um, tall, the cast skinny slow mo swearing exactly. And then, but the cast is is pretty good. Um, yeah. So we've got yeah, yeah. So- Sophia Butella from The Mummy, Damon Hansu. Ed Screen uh, from Deadpool, Ray Fisher from Justice League, Charlie Hunnam, Sons of Anarchy, Anthony Hopkins. Wow, they got him Man. in Charlie. I was um, going to say he's a, he's probably flat, probably a voiceover. He's probably the wacky robot or something. So you know, probably kind of, yeah, literally phone it in. Yeah, yeah. Carrie Elwes, uh, Corey Stoll, uh, Jenna Malone, Froffy from Froffy. That's a weird name <laughs> from yeah, Hawkeye. Isn't that, isn't that yeah. what you get on top of your coffee, a little Froffy? Yeah, um, and then this is a screenplay by um, Shea Hutton, Kurt Johnson, and alongside uh, Zack Snyder. And this is going to drop December 22nd, 2023. Merry Christmas. Exactly. So we'll see how this goes. And if it's two parts, I'm not sure if it's going to be, they're going to do part one first, or they're going to drop them both at the same time. But uh, if it's Netflix and they want to be smarter, drop one and then come back a few months later or a year and get part two. Yeah. Mm Rock and roll. Good deal. Well, okay. Moving on. Next story. Can't say that this is really breaking my heart, but it does kind of correlate with something you just said about Disney Plus kind of hitting a wall. Uh, Indiana Jones spinoff has been reportedly canceled at Disney Plus. Uh, this was a remote, uh, report that had been from some months back uh, that they were looking to continue it on the streamer with some kind of series that would not include Harrison Ford. And those ideas have essentially ground to a hot, uh, grand, grown to a hot, gr- ground to a halt. Uh, but yes, the source on this is uh, a podcast. <sighs> yeah, well, insider not, Jeff Schneider. Uh, he's the yeah. he's the source. He was on Ins- a podcast. Yeah, insider Jeff Schneider. Oh, that's man. You put oh, that that's a tagline. I like that. Yeah, put, put that's that on my. A business card. Um, yeah, and then uh, this is coming on the heels uh, that uh, you know the stream already canceled Willow, which we knew about. Uh, Todd, I never ended up watching Willow, and you just kind of dabbled, didn't you? You were kind of like me. Um, I've continued to watch it despite not really enjoying Ooh. it. Oh, it's really you? It's, is it is it dumb fun? Is that it is it is a Disney Plus ass show, and that's the thing I'm gonna say. Disney Plus, I hate to say it, is a lot of mediocre content uh, with a lot of artistic integrity, really a good vision, good scripts, um, and they don't even look very good half the time. It's like it just yeah. feels like eh, limp effort. Yeah, apparently that's been canceled, Ooh, and um, there the director though I think he's trying to hold out hope that it might get canceled, but I have seen no one say it's a great. Show show please watch it is essentially right. dropped no one cared and if they're talking about it, they're basically saying it's not very good yeah mm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean and again I, I i'm a terrible example because i didn't i i never even got around to watching the 
Willow again. So I, I just all I all I really remember about Willow is that a that I've seen it and the spoof from the Goldbergs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the Goldberg. Yeah. The Goldberg kid was going yeah. to see it, and he thought yeah. this is going to be the next Star Wars, and it is, in fact, as Morgan Freeman might come in and say at this point, it was in fact not the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a willow is, is a good thing to say yeah it's yeah willow, so. it, it apparently didn't matter who directed so sorry ron howard i gave you too hard a, a time apparently I no guess. one can make willow good you know someone can make willow good just not these people but charlie going yeah. back to the insider uh yeah, jeff please. snyder his his tagline on twitter is the insider and he actually is a film <laughs> critic for the she la for, for 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 magazine so he does have oh, connections okay. so at least we'll make him so, legit so he but. he's an actual journalist so well all right um you know i as as an Indiana Jones super fan, I'm excited. I'm getting that uh, line of Indiana Jones figures drops this week. I'm going to get the first ones in the mail. I've had them pre-ordered for a while. So I, for, in the mail from Amazon, which is not the mail. It's it's the mail's enemy. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've come around. Somebody was asking me about the Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny, which we're getting this summer. I'm excited about that as well. Cautiously optimistic, a little bit more optimistic than cautious. Um I, if that movie is a huge hit, I would feel like this could be something that gets turned around. If they felt like, you know, if that movie comes out and it's a huge flop, then this will definitely be canceled and, and we'll never hear from it again. But what Indiana Jones anything has ever flopped? You know what I mean? But then again, it's also been 15 Crystal years. Crystal Skull. Was was still was still did good box office. Okay, I mean, if, you were okay. to, if you were to look it up, I, sure. I mean, when, when I say a flop, I guess I'm not talking about a critical success. Okay, again, because again, it's an adventure movie, uh, and so the, the 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 yardstick by which you're measuring it is the, the bucks that's bringing in. So yeah, that's I my mean, question. Yes, but typically, if it's not critically claimed and and and, and it didn't get great word of mouth. Typically, you don't go back and make another one right away because then it's like you get the diminishing turns like the Transformers, right? It's just like, yeah, they yeah. made a lot of money, but man, people, there's a stink yeah. on it. Like kind of Shazam I mean, too, right? You're seeing right. like, uh, yeah, just there's yeah, a stink right now on Shazam. And it's it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, as uh, we do our summer movie wager, John, uh, our third partner, had brought that up this week that we've got to start working on that because we're, we're a little over 30 days away from the beginning of the summer movie season. Um, and my question is the flash in the research I've done is looking to post really big numbers. But my question is, is Shazam basically failing going to hurt that? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there, we could go yeah. all in on like what's going on. Do do most people understand what's even happening in the DC universe? No, no. I mean, how could they? Yeah, because, exactly. Yeah, John Q. Moviegoer is going to be like, it's a superhero movie, and I'm excited. Um, but but that same logic didn't save Shazam too. You know, correct. I just think it was four years. It was should have yeah. the sequel should have came out far sooner. Yeah. Apparently, it was done earlier about the pandemic, and plus, it was also the it opened on the weekend of the NCAA tournament. That yeah. is a thing where you're watching basketball. A lot of people that are just the sports watcher. That's what they're doing. They're not going to the theater. So, and yeah, then. And- and that's yeah. a hard land to say, well, we'll get it back in the second week. No, you know, you fired your shot and it's it's gone. Yeah. You know, you, certainly there are movies that pick up legs, obviously, the longer they stay in the theater. But they, it, it's not starting so weak. And then suddenly, like, we actually picked up, you know, 
150% in week two. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it should have came out in January, to be honest, because right now there's a movie yeah. like there's so many movies coming out right March now. Was so loaded. Yeah. So exactly. should have came yeah. out in January. Nothing was happening in January and it would have probably done much better. But at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so anyway, uh, but yeah. I, I was going to yeah. say Crystal's on this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in regards to a, a, a TV series, there's doing something more with the Indiana Jones. I mean, Lucasfilm used to do a lot of different things. They used to make it just be used to be more than just Star Wars and Indiana Jones. They had other projects that came in that were a lot of fun. Obviously, Willow did not good, but they've done other things. Um, and, red, you know, Red, red Tails, <laughs> not Red Tails or that weird like uh, animated musical thing that George Luke, the last thing he did. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a weird one. But um, I mean, if you think about it, a spinoff of Indiana Jones and those classic characters, not just Indiana Jones, could work. We talk about, you know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and her character where it could go. Yeah. Ki, uh, you know, Ki Hua Kwan just won an Oscar. People love him. Seeing a character from Indiana Jones that was right. you know, left behind and what did they do with their lives and maybe went on adventures in different eras and different adventures could be fun, too. So oh, um, I agree. Yeah, I tell you, that showrun character was so random because, you know, they, they it came along in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which was technically a prequel. So it was, it was really it was the first film in the series chronologically. But by the time we get around to Raiders, uh, which obviously actually came out first, and then we get on to um, the other two films, he's never mentioned again. He yep. doesn't exist. So did he – but you don't want him to think, oh, he died or something. You don't want it to be like that. But, uh, yeah, what happened with the character? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, know, but yeah, you're right. I would think that there'd be a good chance with. Um, I don't want to screw up his name. I'm just going to call him Short Round. Um, the <laughs> yeah. Short Round, uh, the character could return because the actor is doing so great. So who knows? Who yeah, we knows? Can't leave it. You know, could be the Frasier of uh, Indiana Jones, right? Exactly. So yeah. So I, I would be curious to see uh, when the film comes out if it's a huge success. If this doesn't, you know, flip it around and they're like, yeah, we want to cash. You know, because you're right. They want to cash in. They want something that's a big hit um, because you know the Mandalorian is, I'm sure, their biggest hit to date, and they're you know looking for the next thing that's going to be outside of Star Wars. So we shall exactly. see. Do you want another <laughs> labyrinth, Charlie? Lucasfilm made that. A lot of people don't realize that. I know people who are so crazy for that movie, and I'm watching. And I'm like Jennifer Connelly, yay! The rest of the movie, meh. It's just you it's know David game. Bowie's passed away. I mean, it's hard to you know re replace right. him. Uh, they made the Radioland Murders. They made uh, yeah, that they didn't make many other things, but they did. Have, they made Howard the Duck, obviously, of course. Um, oh. Now owned by Disney, so there we go. Um, yeah. Oh so, my goodness. So we shall see. Lucasfilm is in a weird spot right now. It looks sounds like they're putting all of their resources around Star Wars again which right. probably makes the most sense because it seems like there's some heavy lifting to do there. And then that kind of gets us to our last story, which yes. is we've been hearing a lot of things about, you know, Star Wars is having a heck of a time getting a new movie. Uh, secure. There's lots of rumors. We did hear that um, Damon Lindelof was rumored. He wrote a script actually for a Star Wars film and now he's gone. Apparently it's, it didn't work out, you know, Damon Lindelof, he did loss. He did many other awesome things. He did Watchmen. I mean, the guy is very, very talented. And um, I think putting talented people on Star Wars makes a lot of sense. Um, but now yeah. um, we've got actually uh, the writer, uh, maybe creator of Peaky Blinders, uh, Stephen Knight. Did you did you just call it Peaky Blinders? <laughs> blinders, Blinders, Blinders. Yeah, like a blinders. Blinders. It's a yes. blinds. Oh, like blinders. A yes, uh, it's yeah. like a pastry, isn't it? Peaky Blinders. Correct. Well, he is now writing a new Star Wars movie. So 
I, I honestly think at um, this point, Todd, let's get pencils moving and write our own Star Wars movie. <laughs> because I think I think we're gonna have just as good of a chance of the fact that they're shopping around to every, you know, Tom Dick and Anakin Skywalker in Hollywood. Everybody's like, no, I'm writing a Star Wars movie. Uh, it's been it's been uh, you know, four years since film cameras yeah. rolled around, you know, since movie cameras rolled around a Star Wars movie. It's been three years since one came out, uh, to a resounding super wet fart that was the Rise of Skywalker. Walker. I just, you know, the hardcores, and it's funny because we talk to a lot of the hardcore people, obviously, over on Holocron. Mark is a very hardcore Star Wars guy. I am sometimes the voice of like, I, you know, you rub off on me a little bit, but not that much because Todd, you are, I love you, but you're not a Star Wars fan. And I get it because there's a lot of it not to be so, that, that's not so great. I can be a little bit more objective where Mar- Mark is to Star Wars is what I'm to Star Trek. I'll just be like, but they even still, if it's, even if it's bad. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Objectivity yeah. kind of gets thrown out the window because it's like, it, it, I, I will take any Star Wars because I want Star Wars. And I'm like, I will take good Star Wars and the rest. I'm just like, why do would I even bother if it's just a franchise that I'm a, that I, that I know of? Because right. there's just too much good content to spend, waste time on stuff. That's just not very good. Just because yeah. oh, I watched that as a kid. I'm like, that's the worst idea. It's like, right. that is the worst way to spend your time because in a yeah. you're and, saying, and I, have no, I have no taste. I will just and, take yeah. any you give me yeah and definitely don't go back and watch things you watched as a kid like old cartoons because we had this conversation about yes. like the transformers like we you and i were talking about the the beast wars from the <laughs> 90s which yes. we weren't kids then but i saw one of the there's a new line and the the t-rex is purple and it's megatron and i'm like what the hell is this and you're like well it was good for what we had back then and i'm like what what kind of statement is that to make gi joe was great for what we had back in 1985 but you can't even watch the animation now because it's so there's that famous clip of you know there's a wall and a couple of cobra soldiers walk past it and then a couple of dinosaurs go through the wall but they don't knock it down (laughs) so it's just (laughs) the animation is just it was yes. of its time and p- potentially to stay there. But anyway, back on Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. I can I can pick some nits. Book of Boba Fett. Didn't find much redeemable about it. Uh, I was about 50% on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I would be uh, 100% against it if they made another Obi-Wan Kenobi season because they were playing with fire, trying to stick things in the continuity uh, in between. But, um, you know, erring on the side of caution <clears throat> when it comes to a Star Wars film, and I and Mark has said this on Twitter, and so I know that he and I feel the same about this. What if all of their trying to, you know, doing these great, it's like football tryouts, right? You want the best, and my God, I'm using a sports analogy. You obviously want your best player to be your quarterback, right? You want to have your best defensive line, your best offensive line. Todd, stop me if I veer way off the path here with sports stuff. You really want to get it right. You want to have the best team that you can to move forward. So what if they're running through all these people, some of the most talented people in the entertainment industry, until they actually find something that clicks that they can roll on that is going to be fantastic? Sure. I'm I'm super okay with if we don't. I mean, what what was the gap between Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace? Almost 15 years. But that wasn't that wasn't when they were owned by Disney, who has franchise that continues to push stuff out and wants a return on investment. That was when Lucas just got bored and didn't want to do it. He said, I'll wait till next title technology. I I have no pressure to make something new because I have billions of dollars that I can just sit on. It's a, and I think we can't use what happened before Disney bought them as any type of, uh, and and Disney is scrambling because yeah, they're, they're, uh, their funds, their, their investment is not paying off. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Lucas 
didn't care what people thought. He could do whatever he wanted. He obviously didn't want, he wanted more yes men to just agree with what he wanted and said, yes. I could care less if you think my stuff sucks. This is right. what I want. Yes, George, we're going to make it. Yeah, um, exactly. Disney's in a different boat. Um, if something's yeah. not liked, they're not going to keep making more of the same thing just because they can. They want to get audiences and love it and, and come back and make money. Um, right. So I, I'm just curious to see what they do with this idea. Yeah. To your point, if they're going to wait, I don't know if Bob Iger likes to wait um, because right. Disney is in huge debt, $47 billion. He came back because he's got to write the ship. And when you've got a franchise right. that is not lo- no longer putting out movies and it's only putting content on Disney Plus, which ultimately – it's kind it's of not a for where it's where it's not making money. Yeah. It's not making new revenue that you can then put on Disney Plus later. Right. So he's got to say like, "Well, what's going on? Why can you guys not figure out what's going?" On? And I, it just seems like LucasArts doesn't know what they want until they see it. And it's like, right. if you don't know that, I mean, what if Kevin Feige says, "I'm just going to stop making movies because I don't know. We got to wait." I mean, we wait. then if if Marvel stopped producing, they did exactly what Star Wars did. Disney would be in ridiculous pain because you just can't run a company right. that doesn't making you know put so at this point i'm hoping this goes well but um I, I do feel like there's a lot of star wars fans that would be okay if there was never another movie because you can see how excited they get with just right essentially treading water is what i call star wars right now it's treading water always in the same areas it's not looking yeah. beyond it's not because right. they're so scared of well what if it's something we don't like rather than what if it's the next best thing well, I mean, and you know, I hate to throw Star Wars or Star Trek up there as as kind of a counterpoint, but you know, Star Star Trek swings for the fences, and they have they have you know they've had up to five different programs on the air that are all completely different. An animated show set in a time period, uh, uh, an edgier show set in the far future, a uh, little bit more bread and butter kind of uh, show set in the the timeline of the original series. You know what I mean? And people love it on different things, and people can say, "I love Discovery," and I'm sorry it's going away, or "I love." prodigy because i introduced my kids to star trek watching that and they have all the heritage program they're like i can still watch all of the old shows with my kids and create new fans and stuff stuff that i hear obviously running the club and doing shows and then going out and being on the cruise and meeting other star trek fans where you're right there's just this this perpetual fear uh of of uh, branching out and getting into new territory for the um for the Star Trek people, so or the Star Wars people, so yeah, I I get it, um, and in some ways, you know, I'm I, I'm a, I'm of similar mind about it. I've enjoyed the content. It's nice to know that they could do, you know, assuming Disney Plus sticks around and they don't go out of business because they're losing so much money, um, that they could um, give us varying different content. But yeah, they've got to you know blank or get off the pot, as it were. Yeah, I guess we'll find out what celebrations. I mean, I think that's where they're going to hopefully announce some things because, I mean, there's a large group of Star Wars fans that are more casual, like myself. Um, I'd say I'm a fan of Star Wars. I'm not like a person that's like, I don't know what the Star Wars is. I know what Star Wars is. It's just what amount of enjoyment it brings me and how impassioned I am about it. It's a different – I'm not a fanatic. I am like a casual fan and I will really get excited. Yeah, but I would say there's more of people like me than there are. I think the really fanatic people are a smaller percentage, and Disney wants the rest of the people. And how do you get the rest of the people on there? Not to watch yeah. a five hour, you know, five hour limited series. It's a big movie, right? So, and that's where Star Wars for me. It's a big movie. The rest of the stuff is perfectly fine, but it's like watching a soap opera where you get maybe a yeah. plot point every that, that something happens. So putting, um, the, putting the wars back in the stars, exactly. Yeah. So good luck. Yeah. Good luck, Mr. Peaky Blinders. Uh, good Peaky luck. Blinders. And hopefully you got something to share and we'll see the next big thing because, you know what, nothing right. gets people more excited about than a Star Wars movie trailer because they don't happen that often. 
Right. It'll even make you sit through the, to pay for a ticket to Wing Commander. That should be your bad trip right. to the movie, Charlie. Oh, only if you do it with us. Only I would do that do one. I would do All that right. one to revisit the horror. There we go. That is going to be episode three. When you After we do Showgirls, you're doing that one. I'm going to change our schedule. That that one will be it. We're going to put out the Showgirls one in uh, next month. And then uh, the one after that is going to be Wing Commander. Thanks, Todd. Good deal. <laughs> All right. That's it for the news. It's time for us to move on. Got to get out that Fuber app, the Feeble Uber app. Get uh, some, old, some old fogey to drive us down to Skunk Town. Nastyville, the geek easy awaits. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the geek easy. Drinks are poured and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Charlie, looks like you had a look back at the olden times of film. We did. Well, yeah, one is a is a newer production, and the one another one is an old movie that April said, you've not seen this movie, we're going to watch this movie. And we did last night. Um, but we started just this morning. We watched three episodes of what I'm assuming is either eight or ten episodes of The Offer, which is uh, available to you on Paramount+. Plus. It is about the genesis of the, the Godfather movie being made in the early 1970s. Um, and April looked into it, and it's actually a fairly – uh, accurate retelling of what actually happened. So it is not, it's not this wild tale, but centers around a producer character played by Miles Teller, who is, he's awesome. He was obviously, he was in Top Gun Maverick. He was in the Fantastic Four film that we will never talk about. He was in the movie where he was the drummer kid. He's just, he's done a lot of good stuff. He has a, did he have a mustache? He does not have a Oh my god! Oh. No, I can't remember. I don't think so. He should though, because he's got he's kind of hair lip Steve, isn't he? But whatever. <laughs> who cares? Um, he also has these weird scars on his face. Like I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was in hmm. a car crash. I don't know. I don't know. I noticed that when I was seeing him in uh, in the Top Gun film as well. So, but anyway, I really like him. But we also have uh, we have Dan Fogler, who's an actor I love playing. Uh, uh, not Robert De Niro, but, but who's who was the. Who was the director? Scorsese. Scorsese, was, yep. Which is funny because Scorsese directs the second film we're going to talk about. I love Dan Fogler. No, He's Coppola. Francis Coppola. Coppola, there you go. Um, Scorsese directed the film I'm going to talk about. Not the same guy. Um, but they ran in the same circles. They were part of the same social group. Mm-hmm. George Lucas was part of that. Spielberg yep. was part of that back in that day. But yeah, it was. It, it's all about getting this film made and how it... Um, uh, uh, so far ran in the face of the, you know, Italian uh, uh, decency league or whatever. They had mobsters uh, threatening the, the, the life of this producer. Um, and it's all about his struggle to get it made. And one of the other characters, and I chuckled because I had to play this audio for, for April, was the producer of this film was Robert Evans. And Patton Oswalt mm. does a bit about Robert Evans that makes oh. me practically pee my pants every time I hear it. It's so funny. If you go to YouTube and you just type in, Pat Oswald, Robert Evans, you will get, it'll just play audio. It'll just play audio just with a picture from his album cover. And it's a bit of about five minutes and it is, it, oh my God. So yeah, sounds like uh, to, uh, to quote, uh, and, and it's really evident in this thing of the three episodes we've watched that Robert Evans was really not the nicest guy in the whole wide world. And it's really illustrated, I think in this, in this portrayal, there's so, a movie um, about him too, called, I think the kid gets in the picture. The kid stays um, in the picture, which, yeah. which Ben talks about. Yeah. yeah. It was a book. And then, it, yeah, but anyway, very, he's a very, funky looking dude too. He very looks very, yeah, he looks unique. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And he was Allie McGraw was his girlfriend in oh, the early seventies. Wow. He put her in love story, which was a, a movie I've never with Ryan O'Neill, which I've never seen, oh, but God, Ryan movie. O'Neill's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's horrible. Well, God, shots fired. Todd's, I know. Todd's, he just, like, like, I don't know how guys. he got so famous. Cause he's not a good actor. He's been in some really good stinkers. Oh, boy. oh my God. That's funny. You remind me of the mean tweet that Ethan Hawke read. He says, Ethan Hawke is one of those guys who should have been famous, but he slipped through the cracks and people were like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> That's your Ryan O'Neill. Um, but anyway, it's uh, this this series is compelling. Again, it's on Paramount Plus. It came out maybe six months ago or something. So we're enjoying it. I recommend it. I'd say check it out. Um, and the other thing um, was it's a very old movie, so I won't really drone on about it. And Todd, you said you also have not seen this. Correct. And this is a classic movie from the mid to late 70s called Taxi Driver. Again, directed by... We just mixed it up. Who are our two directors? Scorsese. This is a Scorsese film. Yeah, no, stor- uh, stars uh, Robert De Niro, who is in The Godfather 2, not the first one, um, as a uh, as a ex-Marine uh, taxi driver in New York City in the, the, the actual, like, New York in the 70s has this great reputation of being absolutely disgusting. Corny, gross, yeah, and crime. It, it, yeah. This was this was filmed at that time, um, but this movie also has a very young Harvey Keitel, which blew my mind. Uh, Sybil Shepherd before she hit it big in Moonlight, so about ten years before that. Uh, Albert Brooks didn't look like him at all. What? When he was a young man. I didn't yeah. know he was in that. Wow, I, I love Albert Brooks. And then, of course, it's it's most famous for um, Jodie Foster, who was twelve, uh, portraying a it's crazy. A, between prostitutes so it's it is very edgy the end of it is very there's a huge shootout at the end sorry i don't really feel like that's spoiling much but you kind of get the picture um yeah todd it's on hbo i recommend that you watch it i Mm -hmm. I, it's it's compelling sure it's compelling i really really enjoyed it and again i know this is a film that's as old as we are so it's not like i'm breaking any new ground but i'm not going to do spoilers because i really want todd to watch it Um, and you know that's i think that is something that we always forget we're always in the zeitgeist of what's new and things there are Great movies that uh, stand the test of time uh, right. and they are, are great for reason. And sometimes people don't think about that, like right. oh, old is old or some people are like, it was yeah. the time. So I, I you know, I, I, there, I was thinking, you know, maybe it would be a good thing to like every year watch the, you know, have a list of the best pictures of every, every year and just watch something of those years. Just make myself a list like 75 yeah. or the best pictures and maybe you know, go away and see if I can watch those and, and kind of, you know, just give myself, you know, maybe four movies a year from a year and just watch them. And then you could do it one a month. Might be a good project. Well, there you go. And that you, you could find some way to incorporate it in the show as well. It could be something we could do together. So by the way, I'm just looking up wing commander. So I know where we can find it. Um, There's there's one VHS tape still existing of wing commander. Yeah. Oh, Oh no. Look at this. It is available to rent or buy on all the major streamers. So we're definitely going to do this, but not streaming. Not no, free? you actually you actually have to rent it. You have to spend your four dollars. I have okay. to pay twice for this movie. What is I this? Guess. Todd, we'll use official Patreon funds for it because it's a Patreon <laughs> production. So you, oh, you you can submit wow. your four dollar receipt to the corporation. Get okay. your money back. <laughs> yeah, it's tax deductible. Uh, thank yeah, you, Patreon, exactly. for allowing yes. that awesome thing to happen. There you go. Or, or maybe I'll just because it's ten bucks. Maybe I'll just buy it and then we can all ten dollars. What are they on crack? Uh, they're, yes, they're they're on they're on, it's called Crack Commander. That's. <laughs> That's a good redub it. All right, that's it for me. What do you got? Well, I don't have anything as compelling as Wing Commander, uh, but I do have I do have a new show that is uh, getting a lot of acclaim. It's on Apple TV Plus called Shrinking. Um, watch the first episode, and it's it's a it's a really cool concept. I- 
I have heard. I have heard. Yeah, it's it's very it's very good. Uh, so Jason Siegel is the lead of this, um, and he's teamed up with um, essentially. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the gentleman who does a lot of. He's one of, one of the better comedy writers out there. Uh, he, Bill Lawrence. He made Scrubs oh, yeah, and a bunch yeah, of yeah, 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 So this is a. A, a coordinated effort between them because Jason Siegel is also a writer. Uh, he's produced, he's directed. Uh, he, you know, he was behind one of the, the Muppets movies and things like that as well. Uh, and you know him from How I Met Your Mother, um, uh, the guy from Minnesota. And right. um, so essentially, it's about him and a group of uh, psychologists who are all different spaces. Jason Siegel, there's a black woman, I can't remember her name is, but she's very funny. And then we've got Harrison Ford, who is the, right. essentially, it's wow. like the head of the uh, the psychologi- or, um, psychologist firm, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. a, a group that they, they made in office. And um, it's all about Jason Siegel, who is, you'll find out, he lost his wife in a very tragic accident. And he's essentially needs some help, but he's not actually dealing with his loss along with his daughter who is struggling because her dad is not helping her with it. And so there's strain there and it's all about him essentially losing his way as a psychologist and he still wants to help people. He just can't help himself. So this is really going to be one of those shows where he makes finally making connections and talking about his problems is going to help him help his patients and um, do different things. So uh, the first episode is really about he has a breaking point. Um, it's about 45 minutes long. So I'm not sure if the, every episode will be that long uh, because it's it's really a dramedy uh, type of show. Uh, typically, those are all in 30 minutes. And uh, it's funny because, Charlie, you love this. One of the people also behind this is Roy Kent. Uh, he's the big guy. talks kind of like this. He's a, a producer and creator for the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting. So you're going to get a blend of a little bit of Ted Lasso where it's that feely, touchy yeah. part with interesting characters. So I think people like it. But, you know, you did have like one of the initial characters is brought in as a young man who is dealing with anger issues. He keeps getting in trouble beats people up and Jason's uh, Jason Siegel's approach to helping him is a little unorthodox. And that's where Harrison Ford gets a little bit grumpy about it because he obviously does not want to get sued and lose their practice. So, Uh but it's great. Harrison Ford is great in this role. He, you can actually tell he's acting for a change. Right. Which we don't get very often with Harrison he's not, Ford. He's not. He's not just grumping. Exactly. Uh, which is great. So I recommend this is, to everyone. It's wild. And yeah. it's weekly. It's weekly uh, updates uh, are out on the show. So I think it's going to go eight eight episodes. But it's definitely another win for Apple TV Plus, which is slowly but surely, you know, what they produ- they don't produce many stinkers. They produce not many, but everything they right. are producing these days seems to be done with care. You know, the whole Ted Lasso thing. I feel like we'll get back to giving it another shot but we because yeah a lot of people are just like yeah it's not great at first but then it bounces in and this and that we just you gotta we, watch the whole season man it's like eight episodes comedies yeah. you have to watch it no yeah. comedy is great with episode one some are um yeah. but yeah yeah i hear you so and ignore, yeah, the, and ignore the soccer charlie i know you don't like sports you're not a big soccer I don't, sports I, fan. I, I, I don't dislike soccer i played soccer when i was a kid just like practically every other kid you've ever met i know but you no? you, you kind of when it's sports you like to get the sports ball thing like a lot of folks do so i'll tell you just ignore that because that is really not the heart of the show it's a little bit of a flavor no that's um, true yeah. we watched uh the, a, a good chunk of if not the whole thing of the league and i thought that that was hilarious but that was nick kroll and it was that's uh, fantasy football and yeah you're yeah, not exactly. exactly watching that except maybe the draft where they're just being assholes to each other because that's what you do in fantasy football drafts it's just basically ragging on each other and i've gone through that many times 
Sounds like a lot of fun. All right, what oh, else yeah. you got? <laughs> uh, then um, something that I said I was going to do is going to catch up on some franchises this year. I did it with Creed, so I'm good there. I've, I've done my homework, so I did it just in time to watch the most recent movie. Did that with John Wick. Uh, John Wick, I really enjoyed the first movie, but I was late to that party. Uh, then I saw John Wick 2 uh, three or four months ago, maybe longer, and I really enjoyed that. And then I'm like, you know what? John Wick 4 is coming out. I got to knock this one out of the park. Yeah, so you got to wick it, it up. Prim I didn't wick it up. So John Wick, for him, he doesn't know, and I don't know how you don't know. He basically was a, an assassin. He got out, and because of uh, a tragedy that happens, he he, he, he leaves. Yeah, exactly. Else. Well, yeah, because the whole thing premises, his wife, after she passed away, one last thing she did, she wanted to make sure he wasn't alone, so she gifted him a puppy. So essentially her dying wish to him. So that's why the dog means so much to him. And, and they had to kill it. Well, th- these bad dudes who see him in his car want to steal his car. He- they don't know who he is. It basically ends up being like this Russian mafia group. They want to do it. So they come in, try to beat him up in the process of trying to get his car, kill his dog. And that just creates a vendetta that he just cannot be stopped because he's essentially lost everything and now lost the one thing that actually brings meaning to his life. So that's where the whole thing starts. And uh, I can't remember the total time frame for the whole John Wick films, but um, it's not long. It's like essentially three months. Is it like a long, it's like a long weekend of killing. (laughs) It's yeah. It's not long. It's not like four movies or there's years in between. It's really like the the fast. You see you enjoying this makes me feel like it'll be easier for you to transition into liking the Fast and Furious movies because I, Charlie, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you. Well, this one though, the Fast and Furious movies, actors aren't very good. Um, I've never heard the movies are really well crafted. They're really well acted or directed. They are just like, it's like Cannonball the movie, the Cannonball run the movie, but now more serious because that's exactly, exactly. That's more like that where it's like, it's Burt Reynolds, but now he's replaced by Vin Diesel. That's kind of what I think of the Fast and Furious movies. No Chuck Mangione music either. Yeah, exactly. They're the new Transformers movies where essentially they're not good, but you'll go see them because it's dumb fun. And so I get that i totally get that that's but, that's 100 what this sounds like to me because i couldn't make it except the first these one. are critically acclaimed they movies. Are? Oh, oh yeah Charlie. people are like the way these things are filmed the way they're choreogra- choreographed these are amazing the action sequences i mean no one even comes close marvel any other franchise they do not make action sequences like this that are practical that are using real combat techniques and when you watch these people, like Keanu Reeves is doing all of these special, all of the, all of the, this, and he just looks like he's giving it his all more so than anybody else. And these action sequences are amazing. These are like when this is like the new, someone said, these are like the new Hong Kong films where they brought something new to the table in regards to action sequences. And I think people don't actually recognize that that's an art form to make action look good on the screen, believable and breathtaking at times you're like how did they do that and it's, it's amazing so that's where i john wick it's, it doesn't feel like he's the only reason you think he's like a superhero is because i don't know how he doesn't die um and he can continue to do this but everything seems like reasonable from a, a person's ability to be very good at combat or something like that they bring to the table where i watched fast and furious i'm like they're doing that stuff that's totally unbelievable and it's dumb hey, and look, the characters are not good I, but i'm gonna watch a, a couple i just got a couple words for you fiero in space exactly there you go no i will watch a couple of the fast and furious but i get it they are they are not they are turn off your brain movies like the armageddon or something like that the michael bay kind of movies i mean i have never 
heard critical acclaim about the John Wick films, but again, it's entertainment, and if you're entertained, there's nothing else to say about it. It's yeah. it's not for anybody to rag on it. Or say, oh, I just oh, you got to be a moron if you like that. Now, no. if you like Tommy Wiseau films, I think you might have to be a moron to like those. But <laughs> well, there's an irony, right? Like it's that like right. it's so bad it's good. And so I would say right. John Wick is I would say from a smart action film. It's kind of like Mission Impossible. I think those are smart action films. And I don't think people would say, I don't think people say like Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible are on the same level. You always, I look at the, the, the Mission Impossible and I'm like, those are smart, really well done, uh, actually have some really good dialogue, good direction, good acting, yeah, and solid and scripts. And yeah. you have you have credible real actors involved in them. You know, you've exactly. had all your, you know, Dame Judy, like James Bond films. Yes, he's going around blowing stuff up. But exactly. He, so even even the Daniel Craig films really kind of kicked it up a notch where it was just the suspense and the secrets and the this thing and the that thing and the betrayal and the scope and all this different stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Fast and Furious is just a weird like it's almost like the mad TV to SNL, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird. But I would say three, it was really cool. There were some awesome sequences. And that's really, I mean, I can't really, I mean, the plot is the plot. I mean, it is what it is. And it is really all about John Wick trying to uh, get out of under the, um, they call it the table. That's kind of like the ruling class of the criminal underworld, the assassins, there's rules. And I just like some of the things they do that are very cool ideas. They built kind of a mythos too about all of the rules and everything, which is neat. And people probably didn't expect from the first movie that this would happen. And the actors are phenomenal. Uh, Isaiah Washington, which is um, um, Denzel Washington's son. He's in it. He's fantastic in this. Oh, gotcha. Um, And Donnie Yen uh, is phenomenal in four. I mean, right. some of the great action sequences he does, and it's great. So um, I really enjoyed four. I don't want to give any spoilers away. This is the but four is the only movie that actually has an end credit sequence. And it is something I feel like it was needed to do as an end credits part yeah. uh, to not take away what happened in the main core of the film. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the series quite a bit. But man, at the end of this, Keanu Reeves, I don't think he can do any more of these things. He looked like he was struggling just physically to keep up. They're going to put him and uh, Tom Cruise and kind of the, the old folks action movie, do my own stunts home kind of deal happening. Yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise still looks pretty young, though. But Keanu Reeves is like probably yeah. what, 10, 15 years younger than Cruise. God, gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Because well, at least ten, because yeah, Cruz came on the scene in the early nineties where Cruz was no, I can't oh, was early nineties. Bill and Ted, right? Like early eighties, yeah. 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 Oh well. So um yeah, so yeah, it's gonna do huge at the box office. This thing's been like uh it just gets bigger every movie. Um, and they've done really, really well. And Shazam, sorry, Shazam, <laughs> you're just not gonna compete. It's, yeah, it's been Shazam. So that's a shame because as we talked about last week, I, I enjoyed that film, but I did too. Yeah, that's a, that is that, yeah. that is too bad. So, well, all right. Well, I guess that takes us out of the geek easy. Uh, so it's time to uh, skip out on the bill, as always. Uh, get out that Air Qantas app. The land down under awaits for us, Tina and the mutants, in the Thunderdome. So let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And this week we're talking happy endings or bad exits. Uh, this came to my mind with watching John Wick 4, which apparently is actually ending, which uh, is a surprise to many. I know. We don't know. I'll believe I it when I see I, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. When, you know, what do they say? No, nobody. No, uh, no you can't yeah. believe it. 
Well, like in uh, you know in Star Trek last week with uh, or a couple of weeks ago with Ensign Roe, you know, or uh, Roe Laren, who they brought back, which was great. It was a huge surprise. But then she sacrifices herself, but you just see her shuttlecraft explode. So you just don't know. No body. Yeah. No. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about both in TV and movies, kind of those 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 series. And then we're gonna do series. We're not just gonna do like good or bad editing of a movie because that's just like too granular. We're gonna talk about series of movies or a series of tv and did they end well the finale as we would say it or did they end badly and some of these are kind of up to your your um i guess i mean individual tastes they all they always are so all right so you have a list here from screen rant it's a five and five that they've lumped into a ten um are we just going to go 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 through these and give? Yeah, a we'll go through theirs know? and then we'll, we'll right. then touch on. Uh, we had some folks who also from uh, Discord and Twitter yes. who did yes, there, yes. and then we'll share ours. So we'll start with TV and we'll go from there and we'll do movies after that. So uh, yeah, All let's right. kick it off. You take the All good right. and I'll take the I'll take the I'll take. Do you want the good or the bad, Charlie? Uh, I'll go with the bad because I'm okay. looking, I'm looking right at here. So no, number number ten or number five worst is the ending of Lost. Which was, uh, Todd, I know Lost was a bone of contention for you because uh, you were like, ah, the show's not going anywhere. And they were also really pinched by a writer's strike. So it was stretched out and they didn't really uh, get around to anything. But yeah, but at the end of it, we found out at the end of the six seasons and they spent the last season doing this sideways flash thing or whatever, uh, that all the characters actually were all, they were dead all along. Yep, in limbo, right? They were, yep. they were or, or uh, call it, uh, what's, what's the other term in Catholic faith? The pur- yeah, the purgatory. purgatory. Yeah, yep. that's what they, yeah, they say right here. So, yeah, a lot of people really didn't uh, didn't uh, dig on that, and uh, it also goes on to say the plot threads like the smoke monster, polar bears, had been wrapped up in some super generic and predictable way. So, people just really thought that the only thing of value in the finale was that everybody uh, they brought back former cast members within the context of the story to have a big goodbye and whatever it is. And yeah, that was, that was fine. But to me, I'm like, how do you even really end a show like that? How it's do they get, tough. how do they get unlost? A show know? based on mysteries where the mysteries were probably more expensive or interesting than the answers you received. Yeah. Which is tough. I did enjoy it. Um, I liked it once it finally decided, Hey, we have a plan and we can act it and we're not going to have to continue stretching it out. Like the last, like the, the, the walking dead. We've got a plan. All right. Well, we're going to have to, we're, we're going to be talking about this all day. Yep, so we're absolutely. So we already, ta- we talked about mash how many year, you know, episodes ago. That's fine. Mash. I feel like most people felt like they nailed it. It was one of the biggest episodes on all of television after all those years, how are they going to end it? And they just did yeah. it with, uh, keeping with the heart of the show and, uh, give everyone, everyone a goodbye. Uh, there we go, Charlie. All right. Number eight. And I will totally agree with this is Dexter, which was brought back. I believe it was last year. Big favorite show of April's. Um, but, but in this, we found out that, uh, Dexter after faking his own death many years ago, uh, relocated to the frozen North, uh, his birth son found him. And in the end of it, his birth son actually ends up killing him. Um, though it was in kind of a random, you know, but his it, random malice, as I recall, and it was just things just really went sideways. And again, probably could have just left well enough alone and not brought it back in the first place. But there we go. Uh, not, not a great conclusion of something that didn't necessarily need it in the first place. 
Yeah, I, I've not watched it, but I've heard that it is kind of like a weird mix of yeah. just didn't know what it was doing. Oh, okay. It was like it was like it was like bringing back the X Files, which was, I, I just heard about him driving away on a boat. That's all I heard about. So that was yeah. the end of the regular show. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this never ends. Never ends. Never, oh, well, never ends. Uh, yeah, The Wire is one of these shows that I I keep hearing how good it is. So right. many good actors, um, and you know it, it was the final episode thirty, not a traditional series finale, but it was the perfect ending for that show. It was on for five seasons on HBO. Um, lots of great characters. Lots of good. So maybe this is a show I need to start watching. Um, I know it's very depressing about drugs in Baltimore. Um, right. Yeah. Could see why they would scare you away. So uh, next worst, and I will admit that I didn't see this, but you know, I, I, I think you have to work very hard to have a worst ending in a sitcom, but we've got a couple on this list. But Two and a Half Men is, uh, is next on the list. Um, and again, I know that that show... Uh, kind of crashed out when Charlie Sheen left because he was the heart of the show. But then, you know, it's when was he, he the heart or was he the other body part of the show? <laughs> he was the heart and the wiener of the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the whole show was about, you know, uh, these two dudes are brothers and the the brother who has, you know, a teenage kid or a, a tween aged kid uh, goes through a divorce and ends up moving in with the older, more successful brother. And they have they have a sitcom. But did you hear how this ended, Charlie? No, tell me. Okay, so the finale would have at least gotten some points for its meta joke and self awareness if it didn't go overboard and have a piano land on Charlie Harper. So there you go. That's how it ended. Yeah, that would we be, can yeah, move Charlie, on. Charlie Sheen's character. All right. Yeah, there you go. Go for it. Yeah, and then we get The Sopranos, a show I, I honestly say I've not seen all of it. I've watched bits and pieces of it. Um, I know people love it to me. Uh, we, it didn't we, grab yeah. me. It didn't grab me for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and watch it and complete. Yeah. But, um, yeah I mean, right. the parts I watched, I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good show. Um, but this is one that was essentially known for it just ends cuts to black, which right. some people hated. People liked. Maybe that's the thing. Where it's like life moves on and you, you right. know, they're just going to have more adventures in the world of gangland. Yeah, it no, it was great. We watched this one uh, in its entirety within the last like 18 months. I can't imagine. And I thought, yeah, what a better way to just kind of. Uh, leave him guessing. A lot of people have said, you know, at the end of it, well, this is what happened. But you know what? It all turns into fan theories if you don't actually see it on the screen. The day on the page, the day on the stage, as Brent Spiner likes to say. So exactly. Uh, the next worst up is, and I will totally agree with this. Uh, Seinfeld, one of the biggest sitcoms in the last twenty-five years, without a doubt, uh, ended with the entire cast doing what they do in every episode which is something you know morally deplorable um but because of the what was it what was this, the statute that they got nailed on the uh, good samaritan act yes yes uh, they they were all tried and convicted and put in jail <laughs> Uh, but you know, the finale took, um, occasion to bring back, uh, you know, bit, you know, bit actors and guest stars and kind of relive the best bits like Terry Hatcher, you know, and her boobs, they're real and they're fantastic. And, um, it just, but yeah, it was someone put them on trial and then they brought up all these character witnesses and that was the finale. And then, and then, and then they ended up in jail. So yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it says that there may have been a smarter way to get the characters in the court than simply laughing at an overweight man being robbed, which was their crime. <laughs> Not yeah, great. yeah. I mean, it, Seinfeld was that was a perennial sitcom of of our twenties of our of our teens and our twenties. It was so big. There absolutely. was really nobody who didn't watch Seinfeld back in our day. There was a reason right. why it was called Must See TV, and it truly yeah, exactly. was. It was like everybody was talking about like the the next person was going to be Man Hands, the yeah. one who smelled like soup, soup Nazi. Always <laughs> something to take away, and you know yeah. the fact that there, we built up too much of how it should end. It's not like Seinfeld ever had like oh murder mystery. It's like who shot. 
shot Mr. Burns. There was not that with Seinfeld. So who shot, so, who shot Newman? Exactly. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little disappointing, but how can you even live up to that? That was just yeah. too hard, I think, for them to make it more than it should just been a standard episode where they go and, you know, run out of postage. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. all right, what's next? Yeah, The Office, uh, the best. Uh, that was a show that I finally was able to watch and really enjoyed it, as many people watch it a billion times. Um, great show. Uh, but, yeah, that, that show finally had, you know, you get to see characters grow over time. And it, it ended with uh, Dwight marrying Angela, uh, the couple you never thought that would come together. Right, 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 right. That was great. And The Office is another one that we watched after it was over. We probably watched that within the last... It, it was probably one of those that we knocked out during during lockdown or something, just because you're home every day and, and watching TV. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. And really, we um, it was like Superstore, which we just finished watching, had a great ending because it yep. did pretty much the same thing. It, it flashed you forward and said, well, you know what? These characters all live heavily after, happily ever after by doing this thing or that thing. So... Um, all right, what do we got next? Uh, How I oh, Met Your oh, Mother. How I Met Your Mother. I don't know that I necessarily disagree, that I agree with this because it might fall into the same. I don't know if it would fall in the same necker as Seinfeld where it was like, oh, everybody's watching, everybody was talking about it. But, you know, the entire premise of the series is – and it was it was interesting because it was it was a dad who was who on the other side of the camera talking to two kids sitting on a couch about how I met your mother and it stretched out over nine years. So it was interesting. They filmed all the scenes with the kids within like the the first six months that they made the show, because otherwise the kids would, you know, be in college by the time they were still doing these bits. So in so much, does that mean the entire series was fleshed out for nine seasons? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, it's a show where I loved it. And then the last season is horrible. I yeah, and that oh. was the that was the last season where they they told a single story. It's the wedding that never. Oh right. my god! And it's horrible because it's just so stretched out. One plot line, I'm like, this yeah. is bad. And then like uh, Jason Siegel was barely in it, and because he was in I, a, some. Yeah, I I do love how you still keep calling him Jason Siegel. Is what it sounds like you're saying Marshall. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah, Marshall. Yeah, sorry, Jason, um, who Jason is from Siegel. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know what they what they land on here is that yeah, it's it says exactly what you said. The whole of the season is set over the weekend, burning Robin's wedding. But then we, you know, we jump into they get married and then we spend a season and then they get divorced. And then you do find out that Ted met the woman who is them or excuse me. Yeah, Ted had met the mother and blah, blah, blah. And she was a character and this, that. And they put it all together and then she's dead. And then in the end of it, it's years later. And the kids are like, Dad, we know you really want to be with Aunt Robin, blah, blah, blah. And then and then it's it. And then in the photograph here in this article said he's got the blue horn from the beginning of the first episode where they went on their first date. So I thought that was I thought that part was fine. But yes, that whole last season where you're just it, it is it's just it's a joke that never lands played out over what 20 episodes oh, it was it was too drawn out I, and I, yeah. I would like to finish it I just get back to it, I'm like none of these are very good and that's yeah. like oh do I just do it because I need to it's it's, it's a hate watch and but yeah, I think it probably was more people didn't like the season so they take it out on the final episode versus yeah. maybe the final episode was that bad but I, you know what why wouldn't a guy whose wife had passed away, he be telling his kid's story about their mother? It's exactly. that makes a lot of sense. So I don't feel pain now telling him to get back with Robin. Why not? Okay. Yeah, were they a great couple exactly. together ever? I don't know. I don't think they were. I, I have, I have no clue. All right. What is the, now the number one, this is a show that 
I have a I have a close friend who this is his favorite thing in the whole wide world, and we just have not watched it. So, what about you? Have you seen this whole show? Oh, Breaking Bad! It's one of the best shows ever. Uh, controversial show because I mean, uh, you know, a chemistry professor or chemistry teacher in school gets cancer, doesn't have enough money. He's worried about his family. Then he goes in to become a meth, uh, basically because he can make meth because he's a chemistry teacher. Does that? Right. And it's just all the wacky adventures. He essentially becomes the villain of the show, and that's right. the hard part. Do you still root for someone who's really bad and everything he's doing is putting everybody he loves at risk? And that was the whole premise and. Um, at the end, uh, it was just riveting. You're like, what's going to happen? And oh my God, and it just like, and I mean, this is one of those shows that really put Netflix up there because Breaking Bad was on Netflix and you could watch it and you could catch up finally because um, right. people didn't right. have AMC. So yeah, right. I, I think it's a great show. It's yeah. fantastic. I don't want to say anything more than that. Just it's, it's a great show. It's well worth watching. My mom just grew on to watch it. So people of any ilk can come and watch the show and can really, versus like, uh, you know, relating to, you know, more outrageous people. This is a guy, you know, that could be his story. I could have a meth creator right next door. I wouldn't even know it, but yes, excellent show. Could be. Oh my goodness. Excellent All right. Movie. All right. Okay. So that, that's a 10. So what do we got? We're going to talk about some movies now. Uh, nope. We're going to go and now talk about the TV elements of the people like you and I, you know, do you have a personal one you loved and hate? And then we're going to do um, also uh, the people uh, from uh, our Discord group and Twitter. So we're going to do TV first from our audience. Um, okay. So, um, so Charlie, you want to take a Soul of Stars? A Soul of Stars. And, she, you know, I apologize because you are one of our chapter people. Uh, and it's funny, in our chapter Discord, I, I change it to everybody's name and rank so I knew who the hell they are. So this is one of our wonderful chapter people. Uh, her favorite, Buffy the Vampire Slayer came full circle which i love uh angel the series emphasized the message of the series uh the series end of angel and bones tied up things nicely and leaving a note that these characters are still doing what they love even if we aren't with them the she really likes was, david boreanaz yeah, must but she does echo that uh lost was her worst uh though uh though that was more of the last two and a half seasons than the finale which is what you said todd true 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 yes um, and then uh, we have Schloss Ritter from our group as well, uh, from the Discord group and a, and a patron. Um, Newhart had the best. It was all a dream ending after growing up on Bob Newhart reruns in the 80s. Great pick. Great show. Like it. Yeah, it, you know, time. it was kind of riffing on the whole uh, Bobby in Dallas. You know, Bobby was actually in the shower and his I, wife I, woke I up. Did- I yeah. did the Bobby in the shower scene explanation. We were on code 47. And of course, no uh, both it. of my cohorts are younger. No clue. And at the end of it, I was trying to explain it. And, and Kay just goes, you have taken us on a journey. <laughs> no clue what I was talking about. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Um, and then uh, Ed Varnell, he's on Twitter, a uh, good friend of ours. Uh, he basically said the ending of the TV anime Gangsta is one of my worst. One of my best TV anime goes to my love story. I don't know either of those, but Ed will remember that uh, when you have your best picks and worst picks for movie entries. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll, we'll judge your, your, your picks by that. So Charlie, with those, uh, what would you say is your f- best and worst TV ending? Um, best. I'll stick in genre. My favorite is the ending of Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica uh, because it came out of nowhere and it, deli- it and you just did not expect it to go in that direction, um, and it's and it set up a kind of a truum of the series, which is that uh, this has all happened before and will happen again, uh, just based on 
I, I don't even want to. If you haven't watched the show, I'm not even going to spoil it. But uh, I would imagine you have because you hear me talk about it all the time. But I really love that. The absolute worst, and this is not going to be a hot take because uh, anybody who's a Star Trek fan would agree, the end of Star Trek Enterprise, because the final episode was a holodeck adventure that didn't actually involve any of the characters. Actually, <laughs> Not okay. And it was like... Rick Berman, who is reviled by a big chunk of the fan base, called it a love letter to the fans. Uh, in a lot of ways, it was a middle finger to the fans and almost just a middle finger to UPN because the show had been canceled. Um, but yeah, it was terrible. It was a retelling of a weird portion of a middle episode of Star Trek. And it was Riker and Troy doing a, a holiday program to help Riker make a tough decision. And it was just, it was, it was, it was horrendous. Oh Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. Oh boy. Well, then yeah. the dumpster in the writer room, apparently. Yeah, exactly. So we're oh, just well. taking a dump on the writer room's table, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, you know, there's so many you could point to, but I would say um, from my favorite ending, um, the Expanse, uh, because that was a series that I didn't know how they were going to land it, uh, especially based on a series of books and got canceled at Sci-Fi, then brought onto Amazon. Was it going to land? Um, except for one plot line in the final season, I thought they left us wanting more, but nailed things to say at least, wow, that that they, they brought it home and really gave us a place to really appreciate what they did um, rather than having regrets. So um, I think The Expanse is one of the best TV shows we've had in years in regards to sci-fi from an original property that um, I think everyone should check out. Um, worst, I think it's it's probably going to have to probably have a tie. Um, one is because the show essentially got canceled and didn't get a real ending. That is My Name is Earl. It's a show I loved, comedy. I picked it back up and it ended. I'm like, what? I don't know. He didn't finish his list and it just, it just, because they just, I think it was writers, um, the writers, um, uh, I think. The writer's strike in 07. I think might have killed it. Yeah. So that was like, and that's really, not because the show wasn't good, but it just didn't get a proper ending, which, you know, a lot of shows didn't get a proper ending. So, but that one really pissed me off because I'm like, what? Okay, but a show that I think that a lot of people can agree on um, was Game of Thrones uh, from uh, just essentially so strong and just essentially got rushed because they had to, not yeah. because it was a fitting end. Um, it, it a lot of things didn't make sense and it just felt like a mishmash. And, it, you know, I think that became like a show that and maybe Walking Dead is like that where it just where it ended it just you feel like that was a loss, but I just feel with Game of Thrones specifically because I felt like it was the fan, fan base still wanted more and they still wanted you know to really engage. They weren't tired yeah. of it and it didn't run out of gas. They just wanted to stop doing the show. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, and it felt like it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm glad that House of Dragons is getting a second chance. Gotcha. Good yeah. Deal. How did you, how right. did The Walking Dead end, Charlie? I don't even remember. Um, Good or bad? It was, they okay. were the the nemesis they were fighting, they defeated them, and then you jump forward in time, and our people built society back up, but at the end of it, it it, it, it basically teed things up to go off into the spinoff. So it's like, and Daryl's going to ride off, to, and then he's going to ride across the sea and be in France. And yeah, so it, it just teed it, and then to tee up Rick, and hey, Rick's still out there, and Michonne's getting closer. Mm -hmm. so it was basically, it was a tee up to the, to the spinoff. So that's kind of like, it, it, not really great standalone, kind of more of a... 
yeah. a, a segue between or a, a, a branch between those things. Okay. Right, well, right. very good. Now we get into movies. Uh, movies are a little different because, uh, you know, they don't always intend to be more than one at times. Sometimes they're meant to be a trilogy or a quadrilogy or a duology. We don't know. But uh, right. there's quite a few. So um, let's do this, Charlie. We've got eight in the list. Um, if you want to start, I'll, we'll go uh, in order and go from here. This is their take. And then once again, we'll do our takes at the end. Gotcha. Okay. So the first, talk about the Harry Potter franchise, if I'm reading yes. this correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from beginning to end, uh, and again, the, yeah, this set is critical happiness kind of throughout. So Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was from 2001, rated, uh, I assume, at RT at 81%. Uh, and then Deathly Hallows Part 2 in 2011 was finale at 96%. So uh, grew stronger as it, as it went by. I agree. You know, you're looking at the life cycle of this fantasy world, but you're starting with 11-year-old kids and ending up with them as young adults um, and kind of everything that goes in between, but uh, maintaining this uh, strong pot, plot line of defeating evil and how it has to be done and and taking down Voldemort. So, I, and yeah, the, that final film was filled with so many great, like, I'm going to finally kill uh, Helena Bottom Carter or whatever, you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, it was great. That was the series, I think, that maintained its quality, and I can't necessarily think of one of the movies being really shitty. I think it was pretty, pre- probably pretty solid throughout, so I would say as a storyline, probably one of the strongest, I'd say. Yeah, it was one of those things. The first two books, first two movies were really you know, direct adaptations. And from that, they had they got on stronger directors, I would say, because uh, Chris Columbus did the first two, and then they got stronger writers and directors to do the rest. And they kind of verged off and did their own thing because of mm-hmm. it being a movie versus a book. And I, yeah, I think they, they definitely yeah. improved with each outing. Excellent. Very good. All right. What, what, what's next? Yeah, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I think, Charlie, you finally got back into. I know you're not a huge fan of it. I did. Uh, but... Yeah, but I would say it is one of those things where it did improve with every movie and just the final movie, all of those moments. Some people would say it's a little too long. It took forever to get the ring uh, into Mount yeah, Doom. All the walking. When did it end? Did we know? But I think of a, a right. movie that was meant to be like lavish and, and just really take its time and, and build upon things. I think it nailed the job. Um, I mean, so much heart and, 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 you know, love to a fantasy series that at that time, fantasy movies were not great. Um, so, yeah. um, yeah, think about, you know, think of Dungeons and Dragons. The movie was made around the same time. And that movie was a hot deuce. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'm still listening to podcasts about that. I'd love to crack it. It sounds so bad. Okay, I know nothing about this next one, High School Musical, all the way out to High School Musical three, uh, which boy they made they made three films in a row and they did they they were stayed relatively low rated. So we'll pass on that, Todd. You get you get the next one. Oh yeah, those those movies are not for us. Uh, Dark Knight uh, trilogy. It's funny. I I kind of disagree with this. Um, it, yeah, it, it, I. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I agree with your disagreement because, yeah, uh, yeah the, Tad, you've always said the Dark Knight, uh, which was the middle film, was one of, was one of your absolute favorites. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Batman Begins is is a really watchable movie. It is really a decent origin film of Batman. Uh, I thought it did a great job. Um, I appreciate it more than I did when it first came out. Uh, the Dark Knight. I think that movie is more of a Joker film than Batman. To be right. honest, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's really the focus on Joker. The last movie. It's a mixed bag. It is not the best. It's got a weird Bane, which I appreciate that Bane more so later in life. Um, uh, Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, do I I think the Dark Knight 
Rises is actually the weakest of the films, but it, once again, it was trying to wrap up Bruce Wayne's story. So in a lot of ways, I don't think it was, it ended on a, on a high note, but yeah, I think it was, was, was fairly, fairly good for what it was trying to do. Gotcha. I'm going to skim because we're there's some stuff in here. I think there's not really worth talking about toy story uh, from uh, the first film in 95 to the last film in 2019 uh, really didn't maintain its quality. I mean, I can't necessarily think of like, uh, I mean, and again, that's one of that, that my kids, older kids, uh, April's kids, my stepkids grew up on and, and my kids enjoyed as well. So um, yeah, the, 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 the one, the last one met with critical acclaim for the animation and definitely the emotional resonance of that last moment. So yeah, big time. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go more famously, you know, movies that ended on a high note, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, and, and this list is kind of just all over the place with things we don't want to talk about probably, but um, I think movies ended on a high note for me was uh, the original star Wars trilogy. I yeah. loved the return of the Jedi. It was an I, empire, but it was, yeah, Ended on a high note. I mean, it, it was supposed to do what it's supposed to do. It wasn't supposed to be ended on a dour note where you've got threads leaning in like, oh, who's going to live? Who's going to die? I think it did what yeah, it right. needed to do. And it made me happy as a kid. Right. Oh, my God. They got all the way down and talk about the Fifty Shades movie. So, all right. You want to wrap this up then? And we'll talk about what uh, what our people thought. Yeah, I'll, I will say this last one with, with uh, you know, um, Logan ending essentially the X-Men movies for me, that's really where yeah. it ended. I don't want to talk about Dark Phoenix or any of those things, but no. Logan is definitely a high point for the X-Men. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't recognize anything that came out after that movie exactly. with the X-Men. Yeah, it, um, does, it does not exist. Yeah, I mean, uh, we want to talk about the, the, the bad. I mean, Charlie, you can talk about the original Spider-Man trilogy. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, I would say for the bad, yeah, that started Toonie. Uh, kind of cartoonish, a direct adaptation. I think it took a step up with the second film, and then the the, the third film is is a famous caricature of of crap. Uh, in, in even those films, you know, you've, you've even got those characters behind you on your little screen. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, that's a movie where uh, I think Sam Raimi didn't want to do what the studio wanted, and you got what you got when you got a, a director who doesn't yeah. really want to what you do, and he has to do it. You get that right. type of movie, which is always right. a good thing. Keep 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 your uh, the people that are making your stuff happy, because if not, you're going to get something probably right. crappy on the screen. Um, Pirates Caribbean, that's another one where started so strong. Oh my goodness, yeah. everybody loved these movies, and it's like, right I can't even remember the last couple, because they kind of all were the same. Yeah, exactly. Keith Richard shows up, so... All right, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, uh, the Twilight movies. I can't say, you know, I will say this. The first one was okay. After that, okay. Charlie, and right. probably more a reflection of the books, but man, yeah, right. they got so bad. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, right. You could go on to the, the Hobbit trilogy. I think that was a bad idea to begin with. Um, yeah, kind of a hot mess uh, where it ended. Um, did not see the Maze Runner. Um, I know uh, that the era of all those dystopian yeah. Yeah, right. movies were all games, the rage. Yeah. Yeah. Things, yeah. Um, Men in Black. I don't know. I kind of liked the, I mean, I don't know. Do you count the Men in Black International as kind of because it didn't, uh, it felt like more of a recoil, right? I guess, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it, I can't quite remember. But the sec, yeah, the other ones weren't that great. Um, and then other than that, yeah, Hangover. I mean, we could talk about that. I, I don't even think I saw Hangover Part Three, to be honest. I think I've great. seen. It. I think I've seen them all, but I, it doesn't jump out at me. So, all right, let's wrap this up. What did what did uh, we we only had one 
on movies about movies uh you go ahead and then and then we're gonna do our own best and worst ice i'm gonna give you one last uh well maybe i'll make it mine um okay we'll go from there um so uh but yeah from edward varnell um so it's funny from one of the best endings edward edward said punisher war zone which i've never seen that was was that the one with ray um yeah ray ray oh god ray stevens yeah no, I ray, never Steve, saw ray stevenson because ray stevens was the streak yes oh, the streak. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I never saw it. There was three Punisher films, right? Oh, Thomas was, Jane, I, uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren, and this one, right? I don't even remember the ending, but I remember I, remember I thought the movie was god-awful, but teach their own. Yeah, exactly. Then he said Avenger Endgame was the worst. Now, I would say this. Yes, the Avengers Endgame at points had some pacing issues. They had a lot to do. It was over overstuffed movie, but they had to do it because... It was the end of an era, and what are you going to do? Make it into a split it again? Uh, but I, I get it. Where some people would say it just it just was not what they wanted. I enjoyed it, but I, I knew it had some problems. And you to you, it's like one of your favorite movies of it's all time. I, it's and I and I would say it's. I thought it was an absolutely perfect ending that put a pin in everything it was trying to do. So I, I I couldn't even imagine how it could have one of the worst endings either. But again, enjoy what you enjoy. But that is one of my favorite films. So exactly. I cannot, I cannot agree. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's a rare opinion that we rarely hear, but um, we'll go from there. Um, so uh, I'll do my best and worst. Um, I, I think a lot of these, you know, really incorporate a lot of those things I would say ended great. Films are harder just because um, so many years go in between them that often you don't get an opportunity uh, to really end on a high point. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe it's recency bias, but man you know john wick was great i just the way it ended it was really good and those movies continue to improve every time just what they brought to the table upping the stakes so um it's probably one of my favorites after seeing it of course i may think back and think of something else but that's one in my mind right now that they just really ended on a high note and kind of the only way it could have ended so i'll appreciate that yeah on the worst i i will definitely say this the godfather three Holy cow. Oh boy, God, it's talk about yeah. two of the best movies ever made. And you know, one of the first movies were the sequel. People consider, you know, the best, you know, very rarely uh, did you get a sequel that's better than the original. Right, big time. And then the third film, I don't I mean, you had so what, almost 20 years gap between those movies. And then you had some nepotism with Sofia Coppola brought on who couldn't act right. her way out of sack. She's a good director, just not a good actress. Yeah, right. um, and just felt like it wasn't really, it was like, I don't know, Francis Ford Coppola wanted money or whatever. You just felt like there was nothing special about that film. It didn't bring gravitas. Yeah. And movies had moved on <laughs> since then. And right. it felt like he didn't bring anything new or an insight to the table. And, and Coppola, I don't know if he was a director where his best was already behind them. But maybe mm-hmm. so, and that's where he was trying to just get some more presence. I don't know, but that I would just feel like that one was felt like if you didn't call it The Godfather Three, I don't think people would have even know it was directed to the series, except for some callbacks and things like right. that. So, right. yeah, that would be my big standout as just a, a horrible way to end a uh, series right. of movies. Well, I will, and I'll wrap this up with my worst. And boy, I really had to go round and round about it. But uh, going back to the X Men, thinking about. Um, how 
amazing of a shift it was in that 2011 series that kicked off with X-Men First Class. Todd, Todd, I know that's one of your favorites. My favorite X-Men movie is Days of Future Past, which was a couple years later. And then you were like, wow, they just can't go wrong. They were jumping forward 10 years every time. (laughs) And then we got in the Apocalypse one, and you're like, oh, this is really not, not as good. And then we get to that Dark Phoenix and talk about just taking a dump on the whole thing. Uh, I just, I, there, and, and I consider it not the end of the movie per se, because I couldn't even really tell you how the movie ended, the, it, but the end of a franchise, because it was, it was a quadrilogy. There were four films and they did everything. They did everything wrong. They did everything wrong. You know, they, uh, you know, just from the, the obvious way they exited Jennifer Lawrence's character or the way they set it up that, you know, she and beast were having a romance. So then it was, that was going to be a split with his character. And then they tried to make out, you know, Scott to be a tough guy. Cause he was going to kill Magneto. Cause he hurt his girl and burr, 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 burr. And then they brought in, it was a Jessica Chastain to some weird alien. When they alien. Yeah. Yeah. They, they could have made it the brood or done something that was actually related to the X-Men and they did shy you know yeah 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 so they could have found ways to tie it back and again it was a very tired retelling of a very worn out x-men storyline which is the dark phoenix and if you look at my shirt right now you could see my regrets my no regrets no 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 regrets so yeah i would say uh the uh, you know i don't know the mac the the mcavoy dynasty of the x-men um couldn't have been more of a wet fart that film i just the sad part is the X-Men essentially ended on that same badly on that same note twice. You know, you yeah. had like X3 oh, with yeah, Bradner, right. and I'm the juggernaut bitch to right. this, you know, yeah. and, then, and and I would say, though, that the, the first class, the first two movies are great. The third one was a pile of poo. The second one was a pile of poo as well. So it's almost like they had yeah. two opportunities to do two really bad movies. Yeah, right. Exactly. There was there was nowhere to go but down after the end of that third film. So yeah, that would be. And again, that's just me kind of going going off the cuff and thinking. You know, uh, as far as the X Men, there. I mean, it, it was never something I read as a kid. But you know, when the movies came along, I mean, it was the X Men in two thousand that launched all of you know, the, the 2000s dynasty of superhero films uh-huh. and what became the MCU just a few years later, albeit from a different studio. Um, it was, it was that X-Men movie in 2000 that made all of us go, wow, they can really do it. And they can exactly. bring these characters to the screen and we can, you know, you can believe that there's a dude who's Wolverine and da, 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 da. So, uh, First, maybe it was, maybe it was a lack of, um, Hugh Jackman in those last two films, except for his super brief, super stupid cameo in the second one. That I think it was a bad fail. script. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Nothing could save it. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Oh um, man. I was gonna say, Charlie, one last thing. Aliens. Think about that franchise. Alien oh, aliens. Yeah. And then after that, stop making those movies, guys. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> stick it with the Predator, and that'll make it great too. And that was one that I enjoyed the first alien predator movie and then they made a second AVP. one it was it was just a gross out and it was yeah so anyway well this is as long as we've ever run this is that's crazy this is a, a topic with a lot of juice i'm impressed absolutely that's why you know try to you know after eight years of like new topics what we can go and obviously these are evergreen where we can go back to like there's new additions right. but yeah i'm glad we we hit this um and i'm sure we missed a lot and that was the whole point getting it to the, the folks out yeah. there to give your points and if you have anything after you listen to this let us know as well so maybe we can catch exactly up on some right. some great series so that is it for the show uh with that uh charlie um let's go okay well uh todd where do people find you out there on the webs? Uh, 
Uh, they can follow me at Tioxer for just my random uh, voyages in the world of Twitter. Uh, but I prefer you follow at Secret Friends U for all the updates on what we're doing in the world of Secret Friends Unite. Uh, if you want to check out our Patreon and see what we're doing, uh, go to patreon.com slash Secret Friends Unite. Check out our website for everything there, including all of our YouTube uh, content uh, as well. Uh, so, And we'd love it. Give us reviews. Review us on all the podcast services. Let us know. I still have that code for Gotham Knights. If you're interested in that, you give yes, us a please. code. You'll be in the running. Uh, just uh, DM me a snapshot of your review, and uh, you'll be in the running for that code. Second person who does that, I have codes for Star Trek films. So as soon as Todd gets that, uh, the Star Trek films will move into the slot, but we'll talk more about that in the future. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. My lovely wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey, one of the biggest chapters of the International Star Trek fan club in the world, based here in West Michigan. I also run Region 13 for the, uh, for the organization, which includes Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you live in that spot, you're a Star Trek lover please drop me a line on Twitter or other socials and I'd be happy to pair you up with the chapter in your neck of the woods uh, thank you again to all of our great Patreons we love you guys so with that I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in a truck Mr. Wick prepare to die this podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret